0: Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to another edition of Chapel Chimes. I want to pray before we get started today, but I want to talk to you, I want to really ask you a question as we begin today. And before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you be with us in these next moments here on the podcast. Pray for those who are listening or who may listen. I pray that you just help us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we started this podcast some time ago to really just take opportunities to chime in on what's going on. That's why we call it Chapel Chimes. I'm the pastor here at Cook's Chapel Baptist Church. We are a church here in the hills of southern West Virginia. And this is kind of a, a, a opportunity for me as pastor to... Um, a lot of folks in our church listen to this podcast, and this is an opportunity for me as pastor to chime in on things that I would not necessarily preach about or even teach a lesson about, but maybe needs to be addressed. And so that's kind of the premise. I know I've mentioned that before, but uh, today as I'm thinking about that whole premise of chiming in, I want to chime in on something that is right here in front of us. It's a very big thing that's going on in our culture. It is a nuanced type of a situation. It is complicated in that sense. That It's hard to put your finger on, but I want to chime in today, and I really want to ask this question. Here's the question for you to think about, and that is very simply this. Have you noticed that here in the last, I don't know when when we could put a timeline, we'll just say in the last couple of years, if you want to say three to five last year, have you noticed this question, here's the question, have you noticed that most evangelical leaders have been strangely quiet when it comes to some of the radical agendas that have, been, that have been pushed and promoted in the political world. Have you noticed that most of your evangelical leaders... Now, I'm not saying that not preachers haven't or that somebody somewhere hasn't, but it's pretty interesting to be a pastor of a church and see that our so-called leaders, and by that I mean folks who have a national platform, maybe somebody who is a, is a pastor of a major Baptist church or Methodist church or a leader of the Episcopalian or Catholic or whatever it may be. Now, I know that you know some people call themselves different things. When I say evangelical, I mean Bible-believing people. Um, but I have noticed that it has become... A, a very strange phenomenon that a lot of preachers and a lot of Christians, and especially those who have a national platform, i.e. radio hosts, TV personalities, who, who say that they are Christian, have become, in my estimation, extremely quiet. Uh, in particular, about the LGBTQ Uh, issue that's going on in our country like never before. The big debate that we've been having with abortion, and now it has come back to the um, forefront of everything again with the um, recent Supreme Court ruling. And I've just noticed that I'm not hearing, and, and again, I don't have any statistics. I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, that's fine. Just chiming in You know, when you chime in, you can be wrong, and I'll chime out. But I've been paying attention quite closely to this and, you know, reading a lot, listening a lot, YouTube, social media. And if a nationally known evangelical leader is saying something, the media and other folks are doing an awful good job of keeping it quiet. I don't know any major, uh, even, in, in fact, very few conservative political voices are really coming out against uh, what is really becoming a radicalized agenda in our country now you say well preacher you're just getting into politics why are you saying this I, I want to stay away from politics but i but I want to say this I do believe that what we are seeing in front of us and it's happening in our culture is our church leaders our pastors our denominational headquarters our Bible colleges and seminaries, our radio programs and, you know, think whatever it may be that's out there that has a Christian connection, I think you are seeing a falling down and a falling away from true conservative Christian principles and values. Uh, I've learned this a lot by watching Twitter in the last while and seeing a trend that I see very easily and that is many folks who have become more liberal, and when I say liberal, I'm meaning that a liberal can have a lot of definitions, but they've become more liberal and more, and I hate to use the word loose, that's not necessarily true as far as godliness, but they have become more, they've went away from Christian conservatism. Um, Now, I know that, you know, I'm not really necessarily talking about Republican and, and Democrat. It's a lot more complicated than that. But I've just noticed that folks that, for example, right now we have in our—it's been all over Twitter today, and um, we see saw the time in social media. There's a big division amongst Christians and preachers about: Are you for Trump or not for Trump? Uh, do you do you hold to what Donald Trump is? Did he hijack the party? Is he really the voice of conservative conservatism? Let's say, and, and I've noticed that a lot of Christians really are coming out, especially preachers, and saying, no, I'm not for Trump. And they're very vocal to be anti-Trump, but they're not very vocal about the radical transgender, LGBTQ things that are going on, for example, in our public school systems. Uh, liberals of TikTok, uh, have, they have a TikTok page, and then they also have a, um, they tweet a lot, and they show they have brought to light some of the things that are going on uh, behind the scenes or sometimes not behind the scenes in our public school system with the LGBTQ community, I, I'm, and I'm trying to be kind, and it is shocking. And what is even more shocking is how few people, especially that have any, if I can say it this way, clout, and that's not to say that the average Christian is not just as important as a preacher or a political leader. Well, they certainly are, but there's very few voices um and maybe I'm wrong here. I'm not seeing or hearing hardly anyone. I've seen a few political leaders come out and, and decry this. I've seen some TV hosts that will come out and at least take a little bit of a stand. But hardly anyone has taken the Christian conservative approach to any of this wickedness. In fact, very little, very little preaching on sin, very little calling out things as they really are. It's almost as if no one really cares what goes on in the classroom. And if you say anything negative about any of it, then you are some sort of bigot. And, and I find it very interesting, and I'm finding it very interesting as a pastor to see these things happening with preachers. It's almost like, and it, and it hit me, and, and I'm going to, if I can bring it up here, I, I want to share with you that a tweet that, that I shared, and, and it kind of, I think, sums up. Um what um you know what is going on there, and of course i can 't find i can 't get it to come up, but um it, it's really an interesting thing that is going on in our culture yeah i can't get it to come up, but it basically is like for example, for years and years as a pastor we've put flags up in our church um we have when I say flags we 'll talk about American flags, we will decorate. For 4th of July, it's almost a seasonal thing. You know, we have Christmas decorations. We have spring decorations, 4th of July decorations, summer, fall, that type of thing. And it kind of almost, they're the same decorations. We tweak them. Like right now in the summer, we have purple and yellow. No big deal. All of a sudden, here in the last couple of years, and I had never seen this for years and years, but all of a sudden, if a person has, sings a patriotic song or, you know, gives out some gifts to veterans. There are, in certain circles, uh, people that will label those Christians um, in church that they, are, that they have some, you know, they're, um, I forget the word they use, but it's all over social media that somehow that you are trying to, Christian nationalism, I think is what they call it, that you're not really doing the right thing. You're not really preaching the gospel. You're lifting up America over Christ and over the gospel which we do not do, never have done, nor even think that way. Uh, we just honor our country and we honor what goes on outside of our church. For example, we we honor <laughs> we put up purple and yellow flowers because flowers bloom in the summertime. We, there's no agenda there. We're not trying to make a statement. We put up fall flowers because you hear in the hills of southern West Virginia, it's pumpkins and and the the leaves turn orange and brown and yellow, and so. Uh, Christmas the same thing we we're not we don't lift up the Christmas holiday. we hope that we lift up Christ year round, and so I found it very shocking that folks would say that because a pastor or a church um is you know having flags in the church or something along those lines, maybe a patriotic service or a play of some sort that they are somehow promoting America. Uh, over Christianity. And I just did not understand it. So I started looking. Now I will say that there are some people that and, and I do think it's an issue when you can say Amen to something political, but you can't say Amen to you know your when your preacher's doing a series, you know, in, in the book of Romans or 1 John. I mean that you know you're more excited about um some political victory than you are a theological point uh, that you're getting, I would agree with that. I I think that's a problem. But I don't think think that means you have to not love your country and lift up your country and be thankful for your country. And so when I looked into this and I started watching this, I noticed that many people that say this, and I'll say many, I'm I'm very careful to say all, but many people that say uh, that you're a Christian nationalist, if you look at their Twitter or their social medias, whatever it may be, it is almost looking. It's, it is almost looking. When you look at it, it's almost look. It's almost like looking at the Democratic National Platform. I mean, it really is. They on the one side will decry any Christian that pastor that says, "Hey," I'm, I'm, they'll say, "Well, you're you're too much into politics." However, their Twitter, their approach everything about them is almost like watching and looking at the Democratic national platform. I recently uh, pulled that down and looked at it, and it was shocking how much in line that some, and I will say conservative, or in my mind, they're very conservative preachers in the big scheme of things, they would be considered right-wingers, I would guess. But boy, they are scared to death to stand against transgenderism. They do not want to rock the boat about, for example, we should have been cheering in the streets over uh, this abortion issue that just went really our way as Christians. And it was crickets in a lot of corners. And I was somewhat surprised. It is still, even as I'm making this, one reason I made this, it is still uh, going on today. I see people that say, hey, I once was Republican. I once was this. And for the record... Um, I'll just say this. I'm independent. I have my issues myself with conservatism in America. I, I think it's way far away from the true conservatism of the Edmund Edmund Burke and you know Roger Scruton and those guys who really understood uh, conservatism and, and have, you know, if you study your history of what true, I would say, Christian or political conservatism, I am a true uh, conservative In fact, it used to be called liberal conservatism, and uh, it is based really on believing Christianity and believing the Bible, and it is a political worldview that comes out of that. My contention today here on this podcast is this. We have lost our worldview. Our churches and our preachers, and I are one of them. I'm not being here to be critical, but we've lost our worldview. And so listen, if you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to be on guard. I want you to watch. I want you to be careful and listen to what many of these preachers are saying. And if you hear them and hear them well, they are, have embraced the talking points really many times of communist communism and socialism. Uh, they do not want to stand up against it. I think some of us, because of fear, some of us because of money. Some of us because they don't want to have a church split. And and, and I get some of that. I really do. I, I, who, we're here to preach the gospel. But I just wanted to chime in because we see this. It's a subtle thing because they will say, now, Brother Dallas, you don't need to be so political. You don't need to be so right wing. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not right wing. You don't really know me. If you knew me privately, if you knew how I grew up, if you knew what I truly believed in my heart, you would not know that you wouldn't think that at all. Um, and, you know, some people think I'm right, on the right to the, you know, a till of the hunt or something. And so none of those things are true. And so just a thought today um, that we've got to be careful about this. We've embraced some things and we, we're seeing the, we're, we are seeing the effects of this everywhere we turn. Uh, it is affecting our churches. Right now, in the, for example, the Southern Baptist Convention, United Methodists, I think some others. Those are two that are pretty public. Um, Obviously, I know some Southern Baptists, and I know some folks who are very involved, either family or connected to me in the Methodist movement, and they're having a big split within both of those movements, and it really comes down to politics. Uh, Now, they'll say that it's not. They'll say it's different things, but I've noticed it it divides... Look, it's real simple. Many times somebody who is theologically liberal or loose, if I can... Again, I hate that word, but not quite as staunch, not quite as traditional or conservative, when somebody believes that way, they tend to believe that way also politically. And they act like never the twain shall meet. And it's just simply... Not accurate. Now I do know, and I understand that political winds and political things have changed. I know uh, I recently shared that I was raised up at the foot of a what what we used to call here in the hills a yellow dog Democrat. Um, and what that was was somebody who would vote for a, a yellow dog if he ran on a Democratic party. It's kind of a joke, um, even though it was there was some truth to that. They really would, but. But also, at the same time, this was the best man at my wedding and my lifelong hero because it was my papa, my granddad, for some of you that are not from the country. Um, I loved him dearly, respected him. He was my hero. He was uh, still is to this day. And he was staunchly Democrat. And I learned from him growing up before World War II and why he held to those views coming back from the war in the 50s, you know, working here in West Virginia, which was Union dominated, and then here I come on the scene, and the man who was really very political during my young younger years was uh, Ronald. You know, I I was a boy with Jimmy Carter, and then Ronald Reagan comes on the scene in the eighties during my teenage years, where I really started to understand a little bit about it, and listening to my granddad, hearing both sides of that, I become very, I guess, aware and and very educated in the sense of getting that old school education from a family member, a loved one who had a very deep understanding of what it meant to be a Democrat in a very poor rural state during a time of a lot of political upheaval, fighting for his country in a war, coming back and seeing the prosperity, seeing the taxation, seeing some good things at that time within the Democrat Party that were really good, that were really Today, though, would be considered conservative. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. I, I was raised up around it. I, I think I've got a pretty deep understanding of that. And a have since watched all of that. I was on the ground level of the, of the moral majority. I, I went to college there where that was at. It was the headquarters. And so when, when I saw this and studied this and I've read about this, and I'm reading a book right now about our ancestors and our forefathers and what they believed, and I could go on and on. What has happened? Even in the last three to five years, what is going on? And what you have is you have, I think, a seismic shift in the Christian worldviews. As we, as we went away from the Bible as the Word of God, as we're getting away further and further from church, as we get to where people that are even saying that they're Christian are, are not really holding to conservative Christian moral values. They question the Bible. They spend more time attacking the Bible today. If you don't believe me, just watch. There's more attacks on the Bible and more questioning about the Bible, more ridicule of preachers. You get on Twitter, you'll see preachers ridiculed all day long and very little ridiculing of critical race theory, for example. Uh, That's usually politics. And now I know some folks say, well, just preachers need to stay out of politics. I agree 100% with that. However... You can't do that, but to such an extent, everything becomes political. And so I just want to chime in on that today. I want you to be on guard to the political nuances. I want you to ask your question, what is your political worldview? What's your worldview? If somebody asks you, for example, why is abortion wrong? Now, we, I don't give a political answer. I give a, I hope, a biblical answer. And I see people today that twist that biblical answer. What is your, What is your view on like sexuality. You know, we as a church, we as Bible believers believe one man for one woman for one lifetime. We believe the Bible clearly teaches this. I see, a, I see this one preacher on TikTok that he gets all kinds of shares and all kinds of, of connections, and he says that, he says totally opposite of what we have held to for centuries, and people love it. And so we have a real issue right there is abortion. Homosexuality, uh, you know, this government spending. Uh, what is conservatism? What does it mean? All these things. Your Christian worldview, for example, uh, where you see this a lot is helping the poor. Do you believe in helping those? Well, most churches, as Christians, we take up offerings. We give. We give money. we, we go in our community. We help people. We buy food, shoes, clothing. We believe that's a Christian teaching. It goes to our Christian worldview to love your neighbor as Christ told us to. We believe all these things. Uh, We don't want to bash and hurt the homosexual crowd. We want to love them and pray for their salvation. But we can't agree with their behavior. The same thing about somebody stealing or committing adultery, uh, uh, sexual sins in a heterosexual world. We believe what the Bible teaches and that dictates our worldview. And so our worldviews—what is going on and the reason today? And I'll sum up this. I know I've kind of rambled a little bit here today. I apologize. But what has happened is our worldviews on these things have changed, and the reason today. Let me summarize this: the reason today that we haven't heard those big names—and I'm not going to name any names—I uh, I can think of them in my mind that usually come out on on the different news programs, or you know, somebody interviews them or makes it, they make a video or whatever. But the reason it's been very quiet is because, truthfully, their Christian worldviews, either they themselves have changed or their churches and who they represent have changed or they realize in the community that they're in that if they do that, their church that's running 10,000 may cut in half. Well, that tells you a lot. Or they're going to get ridiculed or they're going to lose their tax-exempt status or whatever it may be. And that is why we are seeing so many today, I believe. Now, the other side of that, as we've seen some very prominent people that have just abandoned what they believed altogether, just totally went against and went away from what they believed altogether, and now we have a big movement of folks who are supposedly deconstructing their faith. Could it be today that many of our national leaders, many of those who have national platforms, i.e., big-time TV and radio preachers, Uh, could it be that many of them never truly believed what they said they believed all along? And the only reason they did that was to manipulate the masses for money. Could it be that many of the politicians who claim to be conservative to get your vote, and right here in the state of West Virginia, we have some that will claim to be conservative, turn right around and not vote what they were put in to do at all. Could it be that they have lied from the get-go. And while Twitter and some of the preachers will bash Trump and others, they are very secretly quiet. Not secretly, I, I, that's the wrong word to use. They're very openly quiet, I guess we could say. Uh, and when it comes to uh, the condemning of many, the radical, the sexualization of children. Uh, I, I got I had folks attacking me the other day on social media because I I just said, look, men don't need to go to the bathroom with girls and vice versa. That's just, why would you want to go with little girls? Why do you want to be, why do drag queens want to go to elementary schools? Why? And we, where are the men? Where are the preachers? Where are the churches that are crying against this? Is their Christian worldview changed? Oh, it's this question today. Are they truly Christian? Friends, if we can't stand against that, then we've got a real problem. Well, I've kind of went 20 different directions today. I didn't really have necessarily an outline before me, but I wanted to chime in because our Christian worldviews and what we believe about the Bible and conservative and liberal and all those things, they're very complicated. But I find it a very strange thing of why so many that claim to believe the Bible and claim to be conservative have become strangely quiet in these very wicked, wicked days. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with us as we close out this this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen.